welcome to the diving pod. I'm Katie Kasbazak, the pit diving coach. And I'm Heath Calhoun. And I'm Aaron Rooney. As always, this podcast is sponsored by Sideline Scout. Make sure you get over to sidelinescout.com. Check out their poolside live package. It's the best in video replay that we have in the diving world right now. The most important tool in diving. Also, if you're new to diving or just want a little refresher of how the sport works, our episode number two of the diving pod is our diving 101. It goes over the numbers, the letters, how to score things. We've been told that it's been very helpful from parents' perspective. So with that, here's Katie. All right, Katie. Well, this has been a long time coming. We've been looking forward to this one for quite a while. Um, so can you just take our listeners through your diving journey and where you are and how you got to where you are now? Yeah. So um, I grew up in Great Britain. I started diving at five years old. Uh, both my coaches were diving coaches. And so I started with them. Um, I was at the pool ever since I was a baby. Um, and yeah, started Dove with both parents and was a pretty successful junior diver, uh, won nationals as a junior diver and um, got injured at 17, um, which actually in hindsight was a really good thing because I was a tower diver and um, I was never going to be doing a three and a half list. So the timing um, obviously at the at the time was um, was pretty stressful, but I then went to the University of Leeds and um, just filled my time. I actually coached five days a week at the at the Leeds program, where I was really fortunate to coach under A.D. Hinchcliffe, um, who, like in Great Britain, was Jack Law's coach. He's now over in Australia, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, was also a, a coach alongside Edwin Yonyons as well, who also in Australia right now, but um, was Alicia Blagg's coach, um, Yona Knight Wisdom's first coach. So really fortunate to start my coaching really as a part-time whilst I was studying sports science and physiology at Leeds um, coached under them. And then after that worked in a number of roles um, for the Amateur Swimming Association, which is um, the equivalent of USA Diving, but they cover all aquatics um, and worked, you know, on their program, they have something called ACE, which is uh, a, a scholarship um, of sporting excellence for junior divers to show the different skills that you can learn from diving because in Great Britain there's no scholarships there's no college sport and so what this apprenticeship did was show universities or future employees the, the different skills that you get um, from diving like communication time management Um, So I did that. Um, I also worked as uh, England talent manager. So I ran lots of uh, talent identification camps, worked with coaches. And ultimately, in my last job in England, I ended up working uh, for LOCOG, which was the organizing committee for London 2012. And I worked there for just over a year. Uh, We organized the World Cup and then the Olympic Games. My role was the technical operations manager. And so I was involved in anything that specifically affected the divers. So we ordered the equipment, we did the timeline for television. Um, Yeah, anything that was very specific to diving. Um, And then it was through there that I then decided to come over to the States. I knew that um, 
this like that job was incredible <laughs> you know organizing the olympics and so i wanted to do something completely different and um steve foley was one of my former bosses when i worked for the amateur swimming association and so he actually introduced me to drew, drew johansson and i came over to work for drew um, and run his diving club and um that was something that was really only going to be a one, two-year plan. Um, he moved to IU, and I was really fortunate that Nunzio um, continued to keep me on, and I, I ran that program with Nunzio for four and a half years. Um, during that time, I met my now husband and then decided to stay here longer, and um, we have children, and now we're just indefinitely forever in America. But um, yeah, we once I decided uh, after I'd met Alex that I was going to stay in the States, I knew that I wanted to move over to college coaching. Um, and as I said, it's because it isn't an opportunity in Great Britain. And um, I really fell in love with the fact that you can marry sport and academics. It's very, it's unique to America. And so I wanted to make sure I wanted to go into college coaching and I was waiting for the right one. And I was really fortunate that actually it was the first <laughs> college I applied for, but um, we have a phenomenal um, athletic director, um, Heather like, and she's, she's a woman. So I'm like girl power, but also she's massively invested in Olympic sports and not just football and um, basketball. And so it was something that as soon as I met her and had an interview, I knew that I wanted to, to come and work at Pitt. And so we've now been here for six years. Um, and yeah, I've been the, the diving coach here. And um, yeah, we've, we've taken divers to NCAAs every year. I've been here the last three years. We've scored more, score, more points at ACCs than we ever have before. Um, and yeah, we're... I think that we're doing a pretty good job right now, but we're really excited with uh, our new swim coach, the direction of the program. And so, um, yeah, that's where we're at, but we're on the up. Very good. Uh, so first things first, you have been in the States for a while. I just hope that you keep your accent forever. This is I mean, <laughs> so exciting. Every time we hear a new accent, it's like, this is fun. This is really cool. Um, but I had, a, I had a follow up about your parents. One, what was it like diving for them, with them as you were growing up? And then two, to really put you on the spot, did you have, uh, you know, a preference, you know, whether it was like your mom for some things, dad for some things? Yeah. So it, it was up and down. Um, it was, they definitely had higher expectations of us. Um, so I have two brothers. We all dove. Um, and so... Um, they had, yeah, higher expectations for us. Um, and at the pool, it was, it was tough. Um, but what they, they did a really, really good job of when we got home, like diving chat was, was gone. And so the car rides home were a little scary sometimes. <laughs> as soon as we got through the door, like they were, um, you know, our, our mom and dad and something that we did. And I don't know whether we did it subconsciously or not, but when we were at the pool, we called them Jackie and Brian. And when we were at home, we called them mom and dad. And so, um, yeah, they, I think that they did a really good job of balancing those two things. Um, 
I actually, we didn't, they didn't share groups. So my, my parents ran the program. They, my dad had a group. He always sat on the three meter side. My mom had a group. She always sat on the other side. Um, and so I started diving with my mom and um, she was very, very technical coach, a little more fiery than my dad. And I got to about a teenager and then we made some decisions and I moved over to dive with my dad. Um, and um, yeah, so that's, it, it just kind of worked that way for us. But um, it, it was nice to have two coaches that were so different and that's definitely shaped a lot of like how I coach. Um, but it's something it's funny. Some people always ask me like, will your kids dive? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, maybe if they want to, but it's not something that I'm, I'm adamant about. Right. So, so Katie, I want to backtrack just to when you were 17, you had mentioned you suffered an injury. How was that for you as a really successful junior diver to mm -hmm. transition then to looking in a different direction than life as an athlete? How did that, that identity change go for you? And how did you work through that? Um, I think, you know, I, one, it was a, so I perforated my eardrum. And so what I'd done, I'd flown, um, I had exams and I flew later than the team. And so the next day I was a tower diver and the next day I dove off 10 meter and the pressure, my ears hadn't equalized and I, I blew my eardrum. So when it healed, it healed with a hole in. Um, and so when I first happened, um, there was kind of hope that, you know, I could have surgery and get back to diving. But after time away, um, I really kind of reflected, as I said, it was kind of a blessing in disguise. And I really reflected on the fact that I was not going to be as successful as a senior diver. <laughs> and, and so I think I was just fortunate enough that I was already going to a university where they had a really good program. And I think that the biggest kind of savior in it was that I could just replace that time with being at the pool and coaching um, and, and change the focus. So um, I think it was, it was hard, but especially as um, you know, my parents were still at the pool every day. Um, but I think that it really, it made it, it, it was coming up to the time where I was going to have to make that decision anyway. And it made right. it a little, a little easier. Um, <laughs> that makes sense. Thank you. So did you always want to be a coach even as you were diving? Did that ever cross your mind? Um, I did. I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach. Um, and so, and I think some of it is that British diving is so small. Um, and I, I, I enjoy working with people. Um, I enjoy kind of that mentorship, but I also didn't want to be in the shadows of my parents, I think. And this is at the time, I don't think I knew this. This is me reflecting what, what I thought. And so my, my ultimate goal was to be a strength and conditioning coach, uh, but there wasn't a, at the time, there wasn't a linear way to do that. You had to do your Olympic weightlifting um, qualification a personal training qualification and then um and then get work experience so I started along that route and then uh, whilst I was getting my experience then had the opportunity to go and work for the governing body and and so that's kind of how I got into the path and 
Um, so I think really having the opportunity to come over to the States and well, one, work with one of the best coaches in the world, but also um, to be able to kind of forge my identity as a coach out of the spotlight of, of um, you know, my family. Um, I think that that really helped me kind of not feel kind of in the shadows. Mm-hmm. So, so Katie, you kind of touched on it a little bit that you've kind of blended your parents' like styles into your own. But what are some things that separate you as a coach from in terms of technically and personality wise? Yeah, um, I think like I'm pretty organized, um, which is funny because in out, outside life, I'm not that organized. And I, it's a skill that I've learned that I need to be successful. Um, but yeah, if you know me outside the pool, it doesn't really match. But in as far as kind of diving, everybody has a periodization plan. They have a, a monthly plan. And then every day they know they have their exact workouts. So I'm, I'm very organized and the divers like that, especially the tower divers. They like to know when they're going to be doing their tower rocks. Um, and I'm very, and I'm very technical, like growing up in the British system and working in the British system. I, um, you know, there's very much like, let's do a great front, front jump forward dive and, and a start focused coach. Um, but in my role, when I worked for England Talent, I was really lucky that I, um, we, we had like a group of young kids that were kind of 10 to 15 at the time that we thought were the future of British diving. And we ran camps for them, but also I would go around to different programs and help them stay accountable, work with their coaches to set goals. Um, some coaches, I did a bit more of that role, um, but other coaches like Lindsay Fraser and A.D. Hinchcliffe and Edwin, I, I wasn't telling them what, <laughs> what to yeah, fair. be working on. But I would, could go in as the authoritative figure to kind of make sure that if flexibility was a goal, had they done that. But because Great Britain is so small, um, I would go around the programs quite often. And so I was really lucky that I got to see some of the best coaches in the world and how they coached on a regular basis and really kind of merge that together. And the biggest thing that I learned is that everybody, there's everybody's style is different and that's okay. And there's some, some of the best coaches in the world are not organized in the fact that it is in their head, Mm -hmm. but, but it's not on paper. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Coaching is very individual, but also it's very individual for specific divers as well. And so I think that that's something that I have then brought into, into my role as a coach. And at the time, I didn't know that I would end up coaching, um, but I'm really lucky that I've been able to pull all those ideas. But I see it more as a, as a mentorship. And the way that I kind of phrase it is that, you know, I'm not the one that's going to throw themselves off the towers and all the springboards and um and we have to build a very trusting relationship you know we're you know as diving coaches we're like go up there rotate as fast as you can i'm gonna (laughs) shout you're gonna be fine um and so it's something that i really see my job as building that trust and building their trust in the process and and ultimately it's up to them whether they make the corrections or not and 
And so that's something that's really important to me is the relationships I build, but also my athletes to understand that, yeah, I want great divers, but for me, it's way more important what they do outside the pool um, yeah. and the, li the life lessons that they're going to learn. And unfortunately, most of them happen in the really dark places of failure but that's where they're growing as people and that's what how they're going to develop and become better you know in their career better life partners friends and and so that's something that I think I really pride myself on that hopefully my athletes would say I like generally care about them and I I want them to be successful like in the pool but more importantly once once they stop diving and beyond well yeah. and I I think that's very apparent with, you know, the people that come to mind are like Andrew. Like if you ask Andrew still about coaches, like you're one of the first coaches he mentions, like, and you don't get that unless you built a great relationship outside of diving. And just to see how many like junior divers that you were involved with that have looked at pit that realistically probably wouldn't have looked at pit unless you were coaching there, you know? And I think it just shows you those, those athletes that you've been able to work with and build a relationship one, want to be around you you're a great role model for them and i think that's why you're having success because those you care about them and that's awesome well, no thank you i appreciate it so katie we've met just a handful of times but this most recent at spring nationals and you know we were going back and forth a little bit and you dropped a phrase on me called coaching with love and you were very passionate about coaching with love can you just go into a little more detail on that specifically yeah i think um I mean, part of it is that I spend more time with my athletes than I do with my family. I do with, with my husband. And so, and as yeah, you can hear my little one crying. Um, that was perfectly on cue. Yeah. <laughs> Alex is hopefully going to save the day. Um, <laughs> but so like, I want it to be fun and rewarding, but also I think that especially you know, this generation, they have so many stresses that um, already in their lives, and they're already very driven, driven people academically, athletically. And, you know, you add the social media into the mix. And, and I and I just believe that if you can coach with love and kindness, um, in and approach any situation with that, you're going to get the best uh, scenario. And that that doesn't mean that I always will do everything my athletes want, you know, and it doesn't yeah. mean that I won't hold them accountable. Um, but it, but what I really try to do and hope that they understand is whenever I make a decision, it, I'm doing it for the best interest in, in the team. And, um, and that's something that's really important. And I'm, I'm a big, I love listening to podcasts. So there's somebody that like, my family now laugh at me because I always bring her up, but Brene Brown, if you haven't ever listened to her, she's, she's phenomenal. And, um, you know, she talks a lot about, you know, do you, well, question that I was really interesting. I was like, do you believe that everybody is trying to trying their best at that point in time? And like, yes, they are. And really trying to understand where they're coming from, why they might be having those struggles um I think is really important and um and so for me it's yeah like I I tell my athletes I love them all the time some of them they they take them a while to get used to and 
<laughs> I have to explain, like, I'm not in love with you. I, I care about you. Yeah. Um, but it's something that is, yeah, I just feel like they, they put so much pressure on themselves. And our job is to, you know, put them in a place where they feel confident enough to dream big, but also relieve enough pressure so that they can re- achieve their goals. I, I like what you said um, about telling your athletes that you love them. I mean, how many times, well, perfect example, we're judged all the time in diving, right? You're mm-hmm. aiming for tens. And when you get sixes, you feel like a failure. And so, yeah. you know, you add the social media and all kinds of other negative influences that are constantly coming in from all over the place, f- hearing, you know, Hey, I love you. I feel like that's just not done a lot or enough. So that's really, really cool. Yeah. And I think some of it too, is that um, I, I learned this from actually Grace Reed. I was talking to her about having these athletes, talking to the athletes about who they are as a person and diving is just something that they do, you know, it's not their identity. And, and I think that that's, you know, goes back to how, you know, how I felt after my injury, but it's about trying to really have my athletes understand, I want to get to know them, you know? Yeah. Like diving is a huge aspect of, of their lives, but, um, you you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's not their identity. So, so, you know, your, uh, your little one kind of cued us and this is a great question. I'm happy Aaron put this on here as a new parent, how do you balance having a family and coaching at such a high level? Um, not, it's hard. <laughs> and um, I'm just like, we don't have family around us. So that's really, really hard. Um, you know, obviously my family's all in Great Britain. Alex is from Chicago. Um, but we, I'm just really fortunate that Alex is amazing. Um, and so he, you know, when, when crunch comes and season gets really busy and what with being in the ACC and going to zones and CAAs at that time, I'm away for about a month in a six week period. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he does a really good job, but we've also made some fantastic friends up here and uh, that work in athletics. And so without them, um, when our, our friendship group, um, there's just a few cool people that really help make it happen. But the way that it's funny because I spoke to my athletes about this. Um, I can't remember last year, one of them was asking me and I was saying that when, when Elva was born, it's the one of them asked me who, who did I like more Elva or Frankie? And so I have two girls, Elva and Francesca. And I was like, it's different, right? Like Elva made me a mom. Um, but when I just had Elva, I was like adamant that I was like, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to be the best mom ever. I'm going to be the best coach ever. Um, and then when I had Francesca, um, the, I, I now felt like I had a family and my perspective kind of shifted and, you know, I feel a lot better knowing that I'm just doing the best I can. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like maybe it's not good enough, but that's the best that I can physically do. And so mm-hmm. I, I kind of describe it as like a, the, I have a, like a pendulum and there's mm-hmm. kind of my family and my working and my friendship and it's constantly swinging and I'm sometimes crushing some of them, sometimes not crushing it, but I'm a lot more relaxed knowing that my family's my priority and 
um, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm generally trying my best and, and I, I think it's going okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I think that's other, an understatement. <laughs> but um, yeah, as I said, I'm just yeah really fortunate um, to to have Alex that you know he understands and supports the um, how much travel I have and and the commitments, but also trying to prioritize during the year. And um, I had a really positive um, chat with my boss actually recently that in order for me to sustain being able to travel when I need to travel. Mm -hmm. um, and once the season's in place, like, yes, my family is still a priority, but diving, diving is a huge priority. But mm -hmm. in the summer, I need to be able to invest more time and as much time as I can in, in my family. And, and really, Alex is the one that gets the raw deal. You know, my kids are always going to get my attention. <laughs> and so it's trying to be a, like, you know, looking at the, taking this time to be a great mom, a, a great wife, um, to be able to see our family that we have to travel to um, and, and still kind of having the divers ticking over. And I'm just lucky that they, that there's a culture now within our, with our team that, they, you know, they all have high goals and they're going to work hard and, and they understand that right now my, you know, I'm going to have some vacations. Like I just went to Alaska and the week, the week before I went to Alaska, I was like, the training is going phenomenal. Like the athletes that I have on campus this summer, like they are so dedicated, so focused. And I was like, don't, don't let me being away change that. Now we had other coaches come in and, and work with them. Um, some of the plus have been in the summer, but when I came back, I was like, could see that they've just stayed focused. And so I'm, I'm lucky with that. Um, but the other, the other thing is having, building the relationship between the divers and, and my children and, and with Alex. And so Francesca's a bit too young right now. Um, she's only a year and a half, but Elva's three and a half, nearly four, and she loves the divers. And, um, you know, and so she's excited. And when I travel, she wants to kind of see the divers, see how they did. We have this like ball pit and she runs up and pretends to be the divers jumping in. But <laughs> um, so that, that helps so she can understand why I'm traveling. But also like I'm lucky that my children have phenomenal role models, very mm -hmm. dedicated, focused people. Yep. Um, and I like our number one rule is be kind. And so yep. it's, you know, it's nice to know that when they get of age, they're going to have those people that they can look up to. It sounds like Alex is amazing. And I think we may need like a spouses of yes. diving coaches like yeah. group just so that, you know, when one is traveling, the others can be like, Hey, it's going to be my turn next month, next week, whatever it might yeah. be. <laughs> um, like a support group. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. I've, I've heard a lot of the similar things that you just talked about in my own house and I'm sure Heath has as well. Oh, yeah. We're all, we're all struggling trying to figure out how we can balance it and balance is kind of that anomaly, right? I don't know if it ever truly exists or you can't, you know, whatever, but we're all just trying our best. So um, a little bit of a segue, but who was the person that inspired you the most to dive and or coach? Um, I think obviously with my parents coaching, we were around the pool all the time. Um, and so even before I could swim, I was at the pool. So that was such a big factor um, 
I, I have two brothers, but one of my brothers is only a year and a half older than me. And so me and him were at the pool together a long time and uh, were together a lot. Uh, my younger brother's six years younger, so we had a bit of a gap. So I think really in my early stay, eight, like diving, um, it was it was the family focus. Um, but really as, a, as an adult and coaching, I feel extremely fortunate with the coaches that I worked with at leads um to be able to see a different perspective other than my parents and um ad hinchcliffe really showed me the the planning side of it and you know worked saw it as like ran it as a as a business and had weekly meetings with his athletes and and really kind of was taking it the next step um but right now my kind of role model and idol as a coach is one of my best friends from growing up, but her name's Jen Leeming and she coaches Yona Night oh. Wisdom, James Heatley. And she's just like an absolute rock star. Um, she, she has four children now. Um, she just had twins and, um, but the, the energy that she brings to training and I mean, she's coaching some of the best divers in the world, but the amount of fun that she has and um, she's just awesome if if um if you get the chance to meet her and she's my recommendation of who you should speak to next (laughs) but um she's great and something that i do a lot of is i play games with my athletes really i'm tricking them into competing but we we play games and and that's something i've taken from her she she has so much fun with them and and really yeah, she she coaches with kindness and love as well, um, but is just kind of an absolute kind of rock star. Um, and so she's just awesome. How she's managing to juggle it, and she's away traveling, and yeah, that, huge inspiration for me. That's incredible hearing you mention her name because I've been following her on Instagram forever. It's like Coach Leeming, and I'm like, oh my gosh, she has like the best divers in the world, and she posts videos, and I'm just like, I save like every video. But so my follow-up to what you were talking about is like, can you walk us through some of the games you play with your athletes? Yeah, I so a big one that I do is I play bingo. And so mm-hmm. what they do is they'll you'll have your dive, they'll I'll make kind of a grid and it will have your dives on one side, say and it varies depending on um, kind of the card, but say you're gonna do all directions, and then along the top I'll have kind of your takeoff, your shape, your come out. And so break the dive down and then um, block out some of the squares. And so Mm -hmm. they, it's like a lucky dip and they take it out and they can look at their card and then they get on the board and they have to tell me. So they might have their front optional. So Mm -hmm. I'll just put it as an optional rather than a specific dive because Mm -hmm. obviously they're all doing it. So I have their front optional and it might have take off shape and underwater work or some or um and then they have to tell me i'm doing this and i'm gonna get all three if they have all three they have to get all three or they get none or they could just pick one of them and then they have to get like one or two of those ticks and it's a race to fill their box up nice um that's really cool so that that's good because it makes them focus on the process right rather than the the outcome um this one i actually got from jen um i'm like made a big 
snakes, uh, we call it snakes and ladders. You guys call it shoots and ladders, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Make a big shoots and ladders grid and they roll the dice and then they have to go up and different squares have different dives um, that they need to do. Um, I also do um, where they go head to head and I've taken bath toys, like wind up bath toys and they race the bath toys and whoever's team wins, they then get to pick who they go against and what dive they do. So I try and get as creative as, as I can. And um, this is something that I won the games I've taken from Jen, but actually from John Appleman. Uh, when I was talking to him about how, how do you help your divers be able to perform under pressure? Mm -hmm. and, and he his advice to me was they just need to compete all the time. Even if it's you know, and we've done like making paper airplanes and throwing them off 10 meter, you know, and <laughs> you have some people that love that. And then it's trying to get other, the people that shy away from those competitive environments just to get used to, used to it. And also put them in situations where, you know, everybody has an opportunity to be kind of successful. So, um, yeah, so I just try and get creative. I can share my bingo, my bingo cards if if to anyone that wants them. Um yeah. But I the sillier the game the better. <laughs> I, I just like how you take something that really isn't diving in the sense of like taking wind up bath toys and paper airplanes and you make it a competition. And it's like because I, I we actually talked to Dario about that quite a bit off the podcast. And he's like, you just got to figure out a way to put them in that position to like mm -hmm. want to win. And like, Hey, there's a winner and a loser in this and you want to be the winner. And so it's neat hearing your perspective and then his, and it's like, oh, you got to get creative. And sometimes it's like, it doesn't have to be diving. It just has to be fun and creative. So I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. So, and sometimes it gets heated and sometimes our swim team comes on on poolside and they're racing bath toys. And I have to explain why we're racing <laughs> bath toys in practice, but um, yeah, I like, yeah, I come up with all kinds of things. Love it. <laughs> so, so um, the next question is what area do you feel as though you've grown the most since you have begun your diving career? Um, as far as kind of coaching, um, I think my biggest thing is that it's just a confidence level. And so, um, I like, yes, I, I just, I just don't take things as personally. Um, and everybody it's, it's understanding that everybody's trying their best at that time. Um, but also something that I, you know, talking about how it's stressful for the, for the divers, um, you know, through, but when we get into championship season, I really see my role as really trying to take as much stress off them as possible. You know, for the first time they're competing really as a team and they want to dive well for each other, for the swimmers and, and really trying to take that stress, but not also be, be a stress myself and I think that's just come with with more confidence my first few years um working as a college coach were just terrifying <laughs> and I'd be on poolside and you know I wanted them to do well and I will you know to show that I was a good coach and and really this again this is something I remember Tracy Bird telling me that when um we were at a meet it was the first time that when I was coaching Andrew Capabianco and 
the first time that he could qualify for a senior international. And I was like, I'm so nervous. And Tracy said to me, well, you can't want it more than the diver. Yeah. Um, and that's something that really has tried to like stick with me that, um, you know, knowing that and what I ask my divers to do is when they stand on the board, know that they've done everything in their power to be the best that they can. Yeah. And me knowing that too, and just having the confidence. And, and sometimes that means that they fall short and, mm. but we know that we've done our best. And so I think that's something that I've, I've improved on kind of not letting that, that eat at me. Yes. I, I reflect after every competition and say, okay, what, what did we do? Well, what didn't we do it? Well, how can yeah. we, can I improve, but not letting kind of learning from the failures rather than yeah. letting it eat me up. <laughs> yeah. I, I think what you said in terms of being able to the diver to be on the end of the board and did you do your best to like put yourself in a situation to be successful? I think that's so important. I, I said it to our athletes when we left Clarion to go to D twos. And I said, Hey, I just want you to know, like, I believe we've prepared as best we can. You've done the reps. We're ready for this. Like, let's go and just show everybody what you've worked on. And it's like, some of my athletes even said, they're like, sometimes just hearing your coach say that makes all the difference in the world to know, like, I believe in you and we've done what we need to do, but it might not always go how you want. And I think that's an important lesson as well. So I think that's awesome how you approach that. Yeah. And, and the other, I mean, this goes down to my kind of what, when I'm talking to recruits too, when I talk to them about it's what you do on a day in day, day out, you know, you don't just show up and be a great diver because you, you, you put it together in a meet like, mm -hmm. yes, meat divers are great. Right? But yeah. Yeah. I would, I would much prefer somebody that's invested in the team and what they are going to do on a day in day yeah. day out basis to make the team and then them better and trying to change that um, emphasis on the process. And mm -hmm. that I think, that really helps alleviate that pressure. Like it's the culture that we provide every day, what we're doing every day that's going to ultimately decide how how good and how confident you can be on that board. And um, yeah, but then also remembering they're just human beings. Like sometimes you could know that you've done everything and they'd be crushing it and then they get into a meet and they get a knee buckle and go sideways on a double out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, then they get, but then they get 85 points on their last dive. Like, yep. like, yeah. It sucks, but just yep. that sometimes happens. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's interesting. You, you've mentioned it a couple of times, like focusing on the process. Mm -hmm. And I still use the sheet you showed me when I came to Duke a long time ago with like three process goals per dive at like a meet. And like that helps so much with my divers who are so focused on the outcome. It's like, well, Hey, you did two out of your three processes. Correct. Like mm -hmm. that's progress. We were doing none. So that's progress. So that, yeah, Dil Dylan's reverse three and a half twister. was one of the best dives I've seen in a that while. Was, it was awesome. That was crazy. It was, uh, it was, it was much needed as a comeback after that meet. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he, again, it just, what he's learned in that process after those first those middle few dives um yeah. is yeah but they are to go on to the process um the thing the other thing that i work on is that you know in college coaching you get to compete all the time um mm -hmm. and so that that idea of having them to set the, the three processes for each dive 
Um, and then at the end, I give them a grade. So out of those six dives, then they get a percentage. Yep. Um, and some people love it. Some people hate it. And yep. um, but, but for the first time from junior divers going into college coaching, they, they can play around with those things mm. um, yep. in, in those dual meets. So. Yeah, I like what you said about uh, not wanting it more than the athlete. I, yeah. I had to learn that one as well. My first few years, I thought, man, I can coach anybody to any level and maybe had it more about myself than the athletes. And then I realized really quickly, like, this isn't about me, man. Like not mm-hmm. even, not even any of it is about me. I just hope they have a good time to learn something. And if they want to get better, I'll just provide them with some more resources to get better. Um, so that was important to hear. Um, so my next question here, pretty, pretty simple, whether it's from a coaching perspective or a diving perspective, what's your favorite diving memory? Um, it, it kind of sounds cliche, but it's, it's the small things, right? So as a diver, it's about, you know, on Saturday mornings, we used to have a break between pool and and dry land and we used to walk and get breakfast. Um, and it was kind of those trips to, to get breakfast, um, getting the train once a week to, um, I, I didn't have a platform and I used to dive tower once a week, getting the train, to our platform practice um more getting the train back from the platform <laughs> practice where I kind of knew that I'd got my 10 meter dives off but really the the opportunities that you have just to build those relationships and going to competitions and um being able to spend time with our friends yeah outside cheering cheering them on and um you know when i dove we didn't have simultaneous competitions they went all day and staying there and being able to spend those times and that's really you know how i've ended up in the states because of the opportunities that diving's given me and the relationships that i have and um and so really as a as a diver that's it's the little things um and it's what we tell our divers all the time and you get told that as a diver and you're kind of like yeah whatever but um <laughs> that's that's they're my fondest memories as a coach um i mean there's there's just a lot there's um uh, a lot of things that um you know just when you see somebody that has put their heart and soul into something and they succeed and and so watching andrew qualify for the olympics was obviously very special and i remember t- talking to alex on the way home and being like i just watched somebody that i saw grind so hard day in day out and just achieve their dreams like it was amazing um and he like 100% deserved it. Like, as we spoke, what do you do every day? Mm-hmm. Um, but even, you know, just one of my divers just is going to, to med school and he's going to Tulane and he's going to about to be awesome. And, um, you know, seeing them graduate, go to graduate school. And there's just so many that, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's harder on that one. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Um, all right. So a little bit of lighthearted questions here. And I do have a, a hard, I think it's a harder one at the end before we do signature questions. So favorite food. Um, probably the curry mussels that Alex makes. All right. Favorite music. Um, big spectrum. I'm at the moment, huge camp fan. Um, love camp. I also love Rod Stewart, the Eagles. Um, yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, this one is courtesy of Jocelyn Oakley. She wants us to ask people, what's your biggest pet peeve? 
Oh, um, when when people do like a hocking sound, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, they have and they're like, it's, I can't deal with it. And probably align with that, like spitting in public. Absolute no go. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, I feel like that's such an American thing over here. <laughs> yeah. Now right. you'll see if, if, it, if it happens, you'll see like my eye twitching. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, favorite like TV show just to sit down and watch with Alex? Oh, um, we go through kind of cycles. We just finished Succession. That was pretty good. I've heard it's very good. I heard it ends really well too. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed, but Ooh, most right. of the time I am. I like feel like I invest so much time in something and then I'm like, really? That's the best you can do? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, fun fact someone may not know about you. Um, I've run three marathons. Um, wow. Plans to get myself in gear again, but yeah. <laughs> That's, all right. And then here's the last one. This is a new one we've been asking and you get to answer it from the great Britain perspective. Oh, that, this one. Okay. All right. You have to, you have to answer one female and one male, like pound for pound. Who's the best diver. So if you had to send a male and a female from great Britain, they have to do one meter three meter and platform who would Ooh. you send from each gender um so the male tom daly obviously he's an easy one yep for women it's hot it's harder because they specialize so mm -hmm. much younger yep um so i'm trying to think somebody that could dive all three um I'll go biased and just go Amy Reed. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I mean, she double three. Sorry, now my dog's barking. Are um, you okay? Yeah. But in, in Great Britain, they specialize. So you're either really a platform diver or a springboard diver. That's sure. awesome. Awesome picks. All right. We'll get into our signature questions now. You mentioned failure and kind of getting through your failures. Um, we don't treat failure like it's a bad thing, more of an opportunity for growth. So from that perspective, what would you say your favorite failure has been? Um, oh, I read this question as different. So my favorite okay. failure is what I had. And then I'll think about is like, I love it when I give a coaching comment, like a correction and they make the correction so much. It's like really extreme mm -hmm. and the dive ends up not that great, but we're like, okay. Yes. That didn't quite work, but um, so yeah, I like that. Um, as far as kind of my failures, um, what I've probably learned the most about is um, probably my first, when I first got to college and I'd never really managed my bank accounts at all. And all of a sudden I was like really overdrawn and uh, my parents had to bail me out and we had to sit down and look and I'd just been taking like, 10 pounds out really small increments like a lot and really that was a huge life lesson for me that that and I just never checked my bank account <laughs> and <laughs> a huge life lesson that like knowledge is power even though it's, you know it, you it's way better to know what's going on and be able yeah. to manage it no matter how bad it is rather than just be like I'll just do this small thing I'll be fine <laughs> Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. Um, new signature question for me. What can you do to improve? Where's always room for improvement? 
Um, for me as a coach, like I'm terrible at giving enough time for stretching. Um, so I like, I just, it's something they can do on their own. And uh, it's something every year I've promised them that I will give them more time and I need to still keep giving more time for stretching in, in my life. Um, it's just being, I know that in order to be successful, I need to be as organized in my outside life as at the pool. So, you know, form a plan. When am I going to, you know, add in working out when, what am I going to eat um, journaling and I go through waves. Sometimes I'm really good at it. Sometimes not. So that's just something that I know that I need to just, in order to do everything I want to do in and out of the pool, I, I need to be better. at. I feel like that's tough. Sometimes I can, feel and hear the passion in your voice towards diving and sometimes when it's not that that immediate diving passion it's harder to make that plan and be prioritized and and have that blueprint of what's going on and I know I struggle with that um what is your why what do you keep coming back to diving for um I I 100% believe that there's so much more to sport than just titles championships and medals um the skills that that i learn that our athletes are learning um ultimately is are going to make them successful in their career in their relationships in their friendships and you know they're 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 learning communication skills they're learning goal setting time management you know being able to set those big goals that maybe might be a little bit scary and so for me it's more about what you can get out of diving and and you know how seeing those athletes develop through through those skills and hard hard lessons they're getting in the pool awesome all right katie you got to pick one what's your favorite drill to have your athletes do (laughs) and with double pike on one what (laughs) no (laughs) you're kidding only some of them will do it. Oh, I love oh. it because now you have to make sure that they're going to be good. But um, because you got to you got to stand up, you got to stand up over it. If if they push back, if they like land on their butt, it's not that bad, right? But so they you're teaching them to be brave. Now they need to have a great inward one half pike. Like don't just go out and start doing inward doubles pike, but. Um, yeah, I love it in with double pike on one. Wow. That's, <laughs> that, I don't that know. Is that, a, that's crazy. That's a very, <laughs> very different answer. I like it a lot. That's awesome. But you're going to make divers, For my divers, if they listen to it, they're going to be like, Oh, that's okay my <laughs> divers are going to feel the exact same way when they listen to it because they know when we get suggested <laughs> new drills they're going to be trying new drills soon so they're gonna <laughs> i you're not going to be the favorite interview for a minute that's for sure for my but athletes if I, can i give you one other that is everybody can do is sure we have, we have gravity boots have you seen mm-hmm. them and mm-hmm. so where you can you know with you if you have somebody holding their back really good is one really good abs but really good back lineup skills and and so that's something that i yeah not everybody should do in with double pipe um <laughs> with the gravity boots um you know that's something that really helps teach that technique and you can look at you know how are their arms moving and mm. um yeah that's Ooh, really here's a here's a good question not on the agenda for you 
in a back and reverse dive pike, how do you like the arms to go? Through the center or out lateral? Through the center. Oh, okay. Nice. I'm with wow. you. Nice. I like a slide, yeah, slide look. I and like it, it. Because I'm, you know, constantly, like, I'm teaching the skill for what they're going to do next. Yeah. And yep. So um, I also like a closed back dive pike. Ooh, yes. I, I like vaguely remember you making kiddos do that when I was down at Duke. <laughs> I, and I, yeah, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I like that one. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Are you guys, so Aaron, you're a middle and Heath, I'm guessing you're a Heath wide. likes lateral. Yeah. Yeah. I like lateral. I think it's more just because my college coach used to just scream at us and he's like, <laughs> it's a vol, do it this way. And I'm like, okay. I was like, I'll just do it tuck or straight because I couldn't do pike <laughs> to save my life, as Aaron knows. <laughs> um, all right, best advice you have given and or received? Um, again, I think it comes to Tracy Bird's advice. Um, you know, you can't want it more than them. And ultimately, yeah. we're, we're facilitating, but it's, it's, it's their dive and it's their journey. Yeah, like that. Uh, who would you like to hear in an interview next? You can give us a, a couple people. I know you had already mentioned Jen Leeming. Yeah, Tracy Bird. Mm -hmm. I would say her. Yeah, Tracy. Um, you know, I think I like I was really lucky to have such great mentors. So mm -hmm. um, any of those guys, A.D. Hinchcliffe, um, Edwin Yonyans, Andy Banks, um, I think that they would. And they're also different in their styles. Mm -hmm. um, so they'd be great. Awesome. And then. Uh, what question are we not asking that we should be? So I can't take credit for this either. I got this from Jenny Brown, who also mm. would be phenomenal. Um, but um, she asks, what is your spirit animal and why? Oh, I like and, it. And it, good one. it helps really to kind of give, get an insight into how they're thinking. I'm writing it down. I well, like you that. guys now have to answer it. Oh. Heath, you're gonna have to go first. I gotta think about this one. <laughs> first, I, okay, I'll go. The first one that popped into my head was an eagle, like a bald eagle. Like they're they're kind of majestic. They're protected, so there's not a whole lot of like you know things after you. But also a bird's eye view and being able to just kind of spread your wings and chill with you know staying in the. I mean, I think that would be awesome. I don't know. Yeah, that's just kind of where my head went. But my favorite animal is a fox, so I don't I don't really know why I'm, I said eagle. <laughs> I, I think my head actually just goes to every dog I've ever had, and that's a boxer because they're, like, <laughs> nice. I love all my dogs, but they're insanely, like, dumb. Like, they just, like, they're so, like, whimsical. They're just having fun. They're very protective over their family, but, like, you can tell they're loving what they're doing at any given moment. And so, like, I just always think like that. Like, they're just goofy. Like, I... I remember I was gifted a boxer for my aunt for a graduation present and she made me read this book and it like, there was a line in it that says the boxers are the clowns of the dog world. And I'm like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Like, that's kind of like me, but <laughs> okay. what about you? What about you, Katie? Uh, I'm a squirrel. What? Um, Cause I feel like I'm pretty organized. I'm going to like connect like the nuts and seeds for winter. But if you convince me um, that, there's another branch that I should jump to. Like I'm going to hold like wholeheartedly just take that leap. Um, and also I feel like I've got a bit of a flair. Like I got a bushy tail. 
<laughs> that's incredible i feel like i should have i should have answered that a little deeper i was just like i want a cool fly like you guys actually got <laughs> deep on that <laughs> yeah i see that you're like a little bit more free-flowing um, and you like to see everything from the big picture yes all uh, in straight away you you hit the nail on the head so aaron is not a fan of the uh pick the best diver in the country because he's like i like to get all the information make a super informed decision right before the event happens and i'm like no 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 like we just gotta like put our opinion out there like let's see what happens <laughs> that's actually but, really true yeah i don't like yeah. my opinion very yes. often <laughs> super good but um no honestly katie like i said at the beginning i've really been looking forward to this um i got to know you like off and on over the last which it's crazy when you say you've been at pit for six years that's incredible yeah. to me how how fast time goes but um, you're just doing amazing things there. And I cannot wait to see what comes in the future for Pitt. Kids need to go check out Pitt. Like, I, I'll say it. Like, it's it's awesome. I think you're doing an awesome job. Your team is great. Um, thank you so much for joining us. And I hope you just get to spend a lot of time with your kiddos and Alex in the next, uh, before the season gets going here in, like, late August. No, thank thank you so much. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. So, thanks. Very good. If you're listening out there, hit us up on Instagram. We are at the diving pod. Our email, of course, is the diving pod at gmail.com. Send us something. We always love hearing from you guys. Um, also, online stores via Cowling Robards. Reach out to me if you're interested in a team store for apparel, whatever it might be. If you need an example, uh, go to divingpod.itemorder.com. If you feel like ordering anything of our gear, just enter dive pod at checkout, all one word. D-I-V-E-P-O-D. That gets free shipping. Um, Katie, thanks again. Always a pleasure to see you, talk with you. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. All right. We'll see you next time.